morning, everyone. My name is Amy Hubbard. I'm part of the leadership team here at High Point. I'm so glad to be here with you today. We are continuing our series called You, Inc., The Art of Leading Yourself. Now, why are we talking about that? Why did we decide that this time right now is important to talk about self-leadership? Well, with so much going on in the world, in our personal lives, in our nation, our community at this time, you know, it's very easy uh, to look outward, to try to look outward for solutions, to even look outward at problems. When the reality is that scripture is clear time and time again, God calls us to first look inward, to allow him to change our hearts, to transform our lives. And then is when we can begin to make a difference in the world around us. So yes, we pray for our communities. Yes, we serve in them. We pray for our nation. But we also ask and allow the Holy Spirit to refine and renew us. And that's really what this series is all about. Whether you think of yourself as a leader or not, you are. Because first and foremost, you lead yourself. And so today, we're going to talk about an aspect of self-leadership, and that is influence. Now, one of the first things you may think about when you hear the word influence or influencer these days is social media. The influencer industry via Instagram and Facebook is a huge and growing industry that likely impacts everyone listening to me today whether you realize it or not. Influencer marketing is set to become a $10 billion industry this year in 2020. That's probably a conservative estimate because we've all spent a lot more time at home and probably on our phones. We are probably all buying more things that we were influenced (laughs) to buy. So many of the most successful influencers, and that's what they're called, That's that's the job. Many of the most successful of them are not actually selling anything tangible themselves. They're just showing me and they're showing you what they've bought. And then we decide that if it works for them, it's probably gonna work for us and, and we buy it too. So when I now, in this day and age, hear the word influence or influencer, that's actually the first thing that comes to mind. Now, I have a confession. In fact, just yesterday, okay, as I sat down to kind of finalize this message, Um, I checked Instagram, as I'm prone to do, okay? That's just me. And wouldn't you know it, someone I follow on Instagram who I don't know personally, uh, she shared a swipe up link. Now, raise your hand if you know about the swipe up link. My husband is blissfully unaware. In fact, he's watching this recording. Jason, I need you to just go grab coffee, plug your ears, come back in just like 45 seconds. So this person I follow, she shared a swipe up link to a blanket that she had just bought for her home. Y'all, it was adorable, it was a great deal. And as I'm beginning to prep my message on influence, I swiped up on that link and before I knew it, I had bought the same blanket for my own home. It's gonna look great across the end of my bed. I can't wait, it's not here yet, but it will be soon. And y'all, I was influenced in the midst of writing my own sermon about influence. It happened, right? Hashtag no regrets. I still feel really good about this purchase. It's going to be good. I'll update you. Don't worry. So that's one meaning or connotation these days of the word influence. Another connotation 
of influence is often power and authority. It's gaining and making a name for yourself. As in, I want to gain influence so that I can be significant, so that people value me and listen to what I have to say. So you might, in that context, hear phrases like, you know, build your brand, grow your platform. So those things aren't necessarily bad in themselves. Look, if if God's given you a business idea or given you something that you feel like is of value to the world, by all means, grow your brand, build your platform, do all those things. But if we're not careful, we can want to use influence to build our own little fan club. You know, here's the truth. Like, I want you to like me. I want you to watch this message today and be like, I'd like to hang out with her. She seems cool. When the reality is that God gives you and gives me influence for something so much more vital and important in the world. And that is to open up his kingdom for other people to experience. And we're going to get into that today. So remember this message, this series about, is about self-leadership. And leaders, that's you, by the way, are both influenced by others and leaders influence others. In fact, you're doing this right now, whether or not you have any kind of official leadership role. So today I want to talk to you for a few minutes about the importance of influence through a gospel lens. So not the Instagram influencers, not building a business or brand or platform, but how you can influence others uh, for the gospel. So there's two aspects we're going to talk about today of influence. First, briefly, is what is influencing you? What is shaping the way you live, the way you think, the way you spend your money, all of that stuff? The Bible has a lot to say about this. And we're just going to highlight a couple scriptures today. Proverbs 13.20. If you've got your Bibles or you're using a Bible app today, go ahead and look up Proverbs 13.20. Proverbs is right in the middle of your Bible. So if you just open in the middle, it will likely fall to Proverbs. Chapter 13, verse 20 says, He who walks with the wise grows wise, but a companion of fools suffers harm. So what does that tell me? That tells me that it matters who I spend my time with. Now, that doesn't mean that you go find all your favorite people, dig a hole in the ground, and live in a bunker with those people. But who are your companions in life? Who are you really walking with? Who knows your stuff? Who sees you uh, as you really are? Because those are the people that influence you the most, who shape you. And the scriptures tell us again and again, but especially here in this Proverbs verse, he who walks with the wise grows wise, but a companion of fools suffers harm. So we are challenged in that moment to think, have I chosen to walk with people who are wiser than me? Or have I chosen to walk with people whose outlook, whose attitude uh, has a negative effect on my life? brings me down. And you can really pay attention to how you feel when you're around certain people. And you can begin to notice when someone sours your outlook on things. And when someone, on the other hand, uplifts you, builds your faith. Paul also talks about this in the book of Galatians. So now I want you to turn to the New Testament or go there in your app, the book of Galatians chapter 5. 
Now, he's talking to the early church, and he's warning them about the dangers of listening to false teaching about Jesus in the church. And here's what he says. He says to them, you were running a good race. Who cut in on you to keep you from obeying the truth? That kind of persuasion does not come from the one who calls you. And then Paul quotes a popular saying or or proverb of that time. He says, a little yeast works through the whole batch of dough. A little yeast works through the whole batch of dough. Now, I'm not much of a baker, but what I do know is this. When you are baking bread, a small amount of yeast is what causes the whole amount of dough or bread to rise and become edible, really, or become more, a lot, taste a lot better. In Scripture, again and again, you can, you can Google this, the idea of yeast, and sometimes it's called leaven, is often used to symbolize sin or false teaching. So when Jesus tells uh, his followers in the Gospels, he says, beware the yeast of the Pharisees. He's telling them, listen, the Pharisees are legalistic. They're focused more on law than, than the truth of the gospel. Beware of that because Jesus knows, and Paul is warning the Galatians here, that a little bit of this false teaching can come in and spread through the entire church. It can impact and influence every bit of what you're learning about Jesus. So again, we see this example of when we allow uh, false teaching and things that aren't true to influence us, it is like that little bit of yeast that goes in to the bread dough. Now, back in quarantine, um, a lot of people were baking. Were you one of those people? Did you? You guys, I, I tried to be one of those people. I was influenced again, right, by social media. I went to Publix. There was no yeast to be had because y'all all bought it and y'all were all home baking sourdough bread or whatever, okay? So I thought, well, look, there's recipes on the internet for no yeast bread. I'll make it. It's going to be delicious. So I did. It was not delicious. It was completely flat. I think I broke a tooth trying to chew it. It was not a good time. So we know the power in bread making. We know the power of yeast. In the same way, Sin or false teaching can influence us in such a way that a small amount can spread and really taint the whole thing. So Paul is telling the Galatians, a little yeast works through the whole batch of dough. A small amount that you're allowing yourselves to be influenced by can have significant impact. So we choose who we listen to the most. We choose who we spend most of our time with. Now, you can't shut off everything going on around you, nor should you. But ask yourself today, what are the primary influences in your life? Who are the people? What are the things you're listening to? And are they based in God's truth and in the truth of the gospel? Are you walking with the wise? Now, the second aspect um, of influence that I want to talk about today is how we are influencing other people. Oftentimes in the church, we spend most, when it comes to influence, we spend most of our time talking about what I just addressed, which is what are the influences that you're allowing in to your life? And that's important. The scriptures are clear that guarding your heart and mind is vital. The scriptures say in Proverbs to guard your heart because everything you do springs out of that. But 
we often can undervalue our own influence, or we simply just don't even think that much about the effect that we have on others. Here's the thing. Kingdom influence, having an influence for, uh, to other people, is not about building a name for yourself. It's not about building a brand or acting a certain way so people will like you. When it comes to your influence as a follower of Jesus, here's what it is. I want you to listen to this. Lean in. We want to create places in our lives for people to see how good God is, for them to see that He is real, for them to see that He is love, for them to see that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. That's it. That's why when it comes to the kingdom of God, we want to have influence in the world. Not so you like me, which I hope that you do, but you know, not so I have more friends, not so I build this following for myself, but that at the end of the day, because I was in your life, you're more open to the love of God. You see God at work around you. You know him personally. That's the purpose of influence for Jesus followers. Whether it's in your home with the people you live with, whether it's at work, whether it's in a group you lead or a committee you're a part of, we hope to be an influence that helps people see God. Because see, sometimes, well, you know, sometimes we are our own worst enemy. Sometimes we sabotage ourselves into thinking that, that what we say and do doesn't matter. Sometimes we, we do that to ourselves. But this is true as well. There is, the scriptures are clear, a deceiver. There is an enemy of our souls. The Bible calls him Satan. And he sets out to, if he can't cause us to ruin our own lives through sin and bitterness, then he will try to lead us to conclude that our lives don't matter, that we can't make a difference, and that nothing we say or do really has any impact whatsoever. But we know this is a lie because it's normal everyday people that influenced you to follow Jesus, right? You're probably thinking of a few of them right now. And the Bible is full of ordinary, flawed, regular people that did amazing things for God, that made a difference in their world. So the truth is, we are always influencing those around us, one way or another. Think about it this way. Have you ever been in a room minding your own business, maybe you're in class or maybe you're just at home or maybe you're waiting in a checkout line and somebody enters that room and is super stressed out or really angry. Have you noticed how their attitude influences you and influences the people around you? You feel the change immediately. You feel the temperature change in that room. In the same way, have you ever known someone who's just so at peace or maybe full of joy that when they enter the room, they bring a tension level down or they just bring a sense that everything is going to be okay with them? See, this is a kind of influence one way or another that you and I can have. But many of us are quick to find a reason that we can't influence others for Jesus the way that we'd like to. And sometimes people in your own life are going to try to count you out. They're going to try to tell you or imply things to you that would 
mean that maybe you can't make the difference or be the influence that you thought you could. Timothy from Scripture, he knows something about that too. There's a couple letters that Paul wrote to Timothy. Timothy was a young man, a very young man who was leading a whole church. And Paul addresses this this power of influence to Timothy. In the book of 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 6, don't let anybody look down on you because you are young, but set an example for the believers in speech, in conduct, in love, in faith, and in purity. Now, this verse is often used to encourage young people to lead, and as it should. So if you're watching this today and you are young and you feel uh, like you should be like you've been discounted because you're young or that you don't have anything of value to add, be encouraged from this verse today. Paul says, don't let anybody look down on you because you're young. Now, I'm not as young as I used to be. Well, none of us are. So for me, and for those of you that maybe relate to that, here's what I want you to do right now. I want you to take out the word young from that verse. And I want you to insert whatever else it may be that you use to discount God's ability to use you to influence others. Or maybe it's something that other people have tried to use to discount your ability to influence others, right? So think about what that might be and read that verse back to yourself with that thing put in there. So maybe it's don't let anyone look down on you because you don't have a college degree. Maybe it's Don't let anyone look down on you because you're divorced. Maybe it's don't let anyone look down on you because you have depression and anxiety. Maybe it's don't let anyone look down on you because you struggle in your faith or because you vote left or because you vote right or because you vote independent or you vote for tacos or whatever it may be. (laughs) Whatever it may be that you fill that blank in that you, you're tempted to think discounts your ability to influence. Read what Paul says. Don't let anybody look down on you because of that thing. But set an example. Set an example. Set an example. Influence people with love. Influence them with your speech, with your conduct, with your faith, and with your purity. Don't have it. When people try to count you out, When you try to count yourself out, remember that scripture. Because it's just the idea that you can't make a difference in the world. It's just simply not true. Set an example, however you are, wherever you are. Now, as we begin to close, I want to talk for just a minute about how. How? Sure. Okay, God's called me to influence others. God's called me to set the temperature of the room when I walk into the room. But you may say, I'm not the kind of person that owns the room. I'm not the kind of person that walks in and is like, what's up? Guess who's here? That is totally fine. Don't worry about that. In fact, don't even focus on that because it's really not about your personality uh, at all. It's about the Holy Spirit that you carry with you everywhere you go. Again, in Galatians 5. In fact, you should just read Galatians 5 after we're done here this morning, okay? Paul talks about in verses 21 and 22, the fruits of the Spirit. If you've been around church for any length of time, you've probably heard this scripture before. You probably have it 
cross-stitched on a pillow in your house or something. Paul says the fruit of the Holy Spirit living in you, the fruit meaning what your life produces, right? What comes out of your life, he says, is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. That is what is produced in me and is produced in you when you are walking with Jesus. This is what we can, if we let it, we can allow to be the primary influence that our lives have on other people. So how do we produce that fruit? We walk with Jesus. We walk with other people who walk with Jesus. And just like you don't snap your fingers and an apple tree shoots out of the ground, fully grown with apples, you know, sometimes it takes a little time for that fruit to really grow and develop and be displayed in our lives. But the scriptures are clear. It's not about how good you are at fruit growing. It's about, are you walking with Jesus? Do you know him? Are you allowing him to speak to you, to work in your life? Are you allowing other people that love Jesus to walk with you, to speak to you, to help you with the things you're dealing with? Because when you do, that fruit comes out of your life, and that's what influences people. Not how funny you are or not how decisive you are in leadership or what a good speaker you are. It's the way you love. It's the goodness you display. It's the faithfulness that you have. It's sometimes the self-control that you exhibit in your life. That is the fruit that influences other people. In fact, if I think for me, of the people that have influenced me most, they weren't particularly showy. They weren't even by worldly standards super successful or influential, but my life is forever marked and forever changed as a result of their influence on me. And I'll always, always be grateful. So when we influence others, it's the work of the Spirit in us. And that is one of the most important things about self-leadership and leadership in the world. There's one final scripture I want to leave us with this morning. When we're thinking about influence in a world that sometimes feels so big and so uh, difficult to even grasp, like, what could I do to make a difference? Romans 12, 21, Romans 12, 21 says this, do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Now, listen, we've talked a lot about the crazy year that it's been here in 2020. And I know that it's easy to look around at heartache and difficulty that you might see uh, around you, maybe even in your own life, and feel powerless to do anything to make a difference. But the reality is, and we see it again and again in Scripture, empowered by the Holy Spirit, we can influence others and change the atmosphere around us for the better. We can leave a place and have that place be kinder and wiser and more open to God than it was before we got there. Not because we're great, but because we carry the presence and the Spirit of God with us into that place. So the scriptures say, don't be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Now, do you think 
that God would tell you to do something that he already knows you can't do? What kind of father would taunt their child that way? And so I have to believe that not in my own ability, but empowered by the Holy Spirit, that I can overcome evil with good. Why do I have to believe that? Because God told me to do it. He's not going to tell me to do something that he won't enable me to do. So here's our marching orders for the day when it comes to influence. Allow the fruit of the Holy Spirit to be present in your life, the goodness, the love, the faithfulness, the gentleness. And then find some good to do and do it. Do good for people. Do good to people. Speak good to people. Speak up for people. Ask Jesus to show you where to do good and then go do it. I mean, that's the gospel, right? We allow Jesus to transform us. We give our lives to him and then we go into the world and we do good. That's godly influence. That is leadership. Now, if at the same time, you build a brand and you have a fan club and all that, fine. You know, that's good. That's great. I will buy your swipe up links. Share them. I will be influenced. But do good in the world in the name of Jesus. I want to close today. We're going to pray, but I want to close first with um, a famous uh, prayer and quote from John Wesley, who founded uh, the Methodist Church. I grew up Methodist, so this uh, is near and dear to my heart. John Wesley said, Do all the good you can, by all the means you can, in all the ways you can, in all the places you can, at all the times you can, to all the people you can, as long as ever you can. I think that makes it pretty clear. So this week, church, let's go out. Let's do good in the world. Let's trust God to use us in that way. Let's not discount our own ability to influence because of all the reasons that we might think count us out. Let's trust Him to work through us and in us. In Jesus' name, amen.